In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Knackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. Numerous divisions of the Walt Disney Company bring joy and excitement to guests of all ages, and one of those that consistently brings me a lot of joy and excitement is Disney Cruise Line, which has operated for the past 25 years and now boasts five ships, a private island, one additional one is on the docket, that's Lighthouse Point, along with the Disney Treasure, another ship that will be based out of Singapore, and much more. And it's the cast members who bring so much of that happiness to us as passengers aboard those massive vessels. And one of those individuals is today's guest. His name is Matt Greenkey. You might remember him uh, from the early days of Notably Disney when I interviewed him to talk about his experiences for D23 Expo 2019. He is a musician, composer, pianist, and so much more. And currently he serves as the music captain for the Disney Wish. And I talked with him from the Disney Wish uh, for our conversation uh, there was actually a bit of a, a, a lag or delay um, in terms of the communication, uh, so I've tried to edit out as much of that as possible. Essentially, uh, four seconds would pass until he would hear my question or, or vice versa, so I'll try to take that out so you don't have to deal with that. Um, but it was a wonderful time talking with Matt and learning more about what it's like to work on a ship and what his contributions for Disney Cruise Line have entailed. So let's take a listen. Well, it's my pleasure on this episode of Notably Disney to welcome back a previous guest who joined us uh, in the earliest days and talking about uh, his experiences at the D23 Expo back in 2019 and now uh, bringing a different perspective, uh, actually talking about what it's like to work on Disney Cruise Line. My guest today is Matt Grinke, uh, who's a musician, a pianist, uh, just an all-around talented individual. and. Matt, you were joining me from the Disney Wish, where there is a bit of a delay between 
uh, us talking, but I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to join me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm very excited to be back. It's been almost four years and things have dramatically changed in that time. So I'm super excited to talk about it. Well, I'm hoping as we begin, maybe you can remind listeners about your musical background. Um, I remember uh, you have or had a uh, happiest big band on earth uh, in which you all played Disney tunes. Can you talk a little bit about your musical areas of expertise? Yeah, so the happiest big band is still around for sure. I'll I'll get back to them, though. Um, So I grew up playing classical music. I studied that for 11 years. and then. When the time came to go to university, I went into jazz studies and did that for about seven years. And all throughout that time, I did musical theater and a lot of piano conductor stuff and playing for audition accompaniment and kind of getting whatever gigs I could on the side, jazz. And only just recently now, I've gotten into kind of arranging and composing gigs over the pandemic when playing live wasn't such an option um but kind of towards the end of my university days i realized that i really loved arranging and started to get into big band arranging a lot and that's how the happiest big band on earth came up just because of my love of disney music and all things disney and i kind of realized there was no jazz big band dedicated to solely playing disney music so i had auditions, put together the happiest big band on earth, and our last gig, so the band still exists, I do plan on doing shows with them this fall, but our last gig was February 2020, and we had some gigs throughout the pandemic, but only as a five or seven piece version of that band, and so since then, I've taken so many arranging classes and big band classes. One of them was with Mr. Stephen Feifke, who just won a Grammy towards the end of my classes for his album, The Generation Jazz, The Generation Gap Orchestra. I'm sure I'm getting that name wrong, but Generation Gap. He would just won a Grammy for that. Um, so I've been studying with him and I'm looking to bring those skills back to the big band put up some arrangements this summer and hopefully get them back together to do some shows in the fall that sounds really cool matt i'm glad you still have a way to to engage with something that i know is really special to you and i'm and i'm wondering um you know per the nature of uh, our conversation today too is is disney cruise line uh it's obviously a, a staple in the world of disney uh, experiences and people have sailed on DCL for 25 years. How did you become involved in working for Disney Cruise Line? Yeah, this uh, this May DCL is celebrating its silver anniversary, and so we're getting all all geared up for that over here with some extra special offers that are going to be popping up and some some new shows. Um, but my journey to DCL was very kind of just tell people what you're interested in and eventually it'll all come to you in a way. Um, so DCL was my fourth audition for Disney. Um, my third audition was back in October of 2019 for the for a new show 
happening at the Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland. Um, and so I went down to Disneyland and did my audition. And I was standing beside a guy in line at the auditions named Ryan O'Connell. And uh, Ryan O'Connell has written some stuff for the parks. He did um, one of the songs at Olga's Cantina in Disneyland and Disney World. Um, and so we got to talking about him working for Disney and me wanting to work for Disney and doing these auditions. And eventually I didn't, I didn't get the job for the Golden Horseshoe, but Ryan did. Um, and so those started up in January of 2020. Now, if I had gotten that job, I would have had to leave Vancouver, leave Canada, move to LA or Anaheim or somewhere around there. Um, start working in the parks and then in March the parks shut down and that show is now extinct that show no longer exists so I would have been probably stuck in Los Angeles for the course of the pandemic with no job no community connections so it's kind of like thank goodness I didn't get that job in a way and then about a year later me and Ryan O'Connell just happened to be on a zoom class together I can't remember who the class was with, but some some film composer, because all the film composers were out of work at that time too. So they were all teaching classes on composition and orchestration. So Ryan and I were in a class together and we kind of saw each other and sent each other a private message. And he said, yeah, hey Matt, good to see you. Um, I saw this job posting that I think you might be interested in. And it was for Disney Cruise Lines for the reopening of the fantasy. Um, and so, so I said, great, thank you so much. Like, I'll see how that goes. Um, and I sent in my first round of auditions and, and I made it in just under the wire. When he sent me the auditions, they closed like two days later or something. So I threw together a couple songs, a couple Disney songs. And the ask for the interview was to have like, some maybe top 40 maybe one disney song but like some varying styles but like that's just that's just not who i am so i did all disney songs and all varying styles and i talked through my interview and kind of underscored myself talking and i think my whole uh that whole first audition is actually up on my instagram maybe it still is um but so I ended up getting through the first round of auditions. I got my call back and they sent me some music for a Fantasia medley. And I, he said, can you learn this in about two days time? And it's this monster of a piece. It's like 20 pages long, six minutes of solo, difficult, like almost classical style music, which I hadn't played in about 10 years or so. So I, canceled everything that I had for those two days. I hunkered down, learned the heck out of this piece, sent it back to them. And my recruiter said, okay, so that was great. Thank you so much. Um, maybe could we have like, could like we have a phone call, a little one-on-one -on -one phone call? I said, okay, great. This is it. This is my last round of auditions. And I got all dressed up and I sat down at my keyboard and in my little studio and got all fancy and got all ready to play wrote down a list of questions i had and answers and 
on the Zoom call, my recruiter said, it looks like you're kind of ready to play something. Like, don't worry about it. You got the job. Like, we just want to tell you, like, what it is to see if you're still interested. I just kind of had the biggest sigh of relief. And after the Zoom call, I did a little dance around and did a little party. I think I waited not long before I told people, maybe 15 minutes, just to have that little time to myself to go, okay, this is this is what I've always wanted. Let's just calm down. Life's going to change a whole lot from here on out. And that's how I got into Disney Cruise Lines, kind of a backwards way around it. But it's all about like, sort of all about who you know, but also just getting your interests out there and letting people know what you want to do. And people will help you out with that in the long run. Yeah, that, I couldn't agree more, Matt. That seems like it's a testament to your skill set, but also, you know, right timing, right place, and and right connections. Can you talk about what your initial role with Disney Cruise Line entailed? I, I think I saw on your website that it was as a floating pianist. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, so I was hired on as a floater pianist, which kind of means wherever music is needed around the ship that's where you can go and play so on the fantasy i played in the mostly in the ulala piano lounge um but also when the fantasy reopened the restrictions were still very tight covid wise and so there were only two musicians on board it was me and a violinist and so i was hopping around to a bunch of different venues all the time i was in ulala and I was in the La Piazza lounge, and I was in the atrium, and um, where, where else on the fantasy? But yeah, so restrictions were so tight. There were only two musicians, me and the violinist, and we played together, and this is now an extinct offering as far as I know, but we played together in the Royal Court restaurant um, as a piano-violin duo, duet with the piece that I had to learn for my callback, the really hard classical piece. So thank goodness I hunkered down to learn it as well as I could because I had to play that about 16 times a week for about three months. Wow. Well, and you can clearly tell that there's a lot of puns with um, with Disney Cruise Line or, or just in general, floater pianist, floating pianist, you're on a ship. But floater pianist, I understand the point. Um, and it sounds like there was a lot of... It sounds like there was a lot of um, variability as you're describing in terms of the venues you performed. And tell me about some of those initial experiences regarding your interactions with guests and the types of sets that you would perform. So the first time I ever performed really on the ship was for, um, for a crew event in the... Uh, La Piazza Lounge, because this was reopening the ship after it had been closed for a year and a half since COVID started. This was about August 2021. And so a lot of before guests were coming on were testing for protocols. So as crew, we got to eat in some of the restaurants that the waiters could test out their protocols and crew would sit in on some of my sets to test out the capacities of the venues 
Um, and so the first time I ever played really on the ship as a performance was for the crew in the in the La Piazza lounge. And I was so excited and there was no no cap on the time limit of the event or how long people were going to stay. So I, I'm pretty sure I played every Disney song that I had in my repertoire. I think I played for about three and a half hours nonstop that night. But it was so much fun because the hype was real. Like everybody was so ready to get back to work and to get back to these offerings for guests. But once guests started coming on board, I think it was my third actual show in Ulala. Um, and there were just a there were just a few people there, but some of those people were Thomas Maslum, who was the president of Signature Experiences for Disney Cruise Line. There was the president of Disney Vacation Club there, the head of live entertainment for Disney. And I got to talk to the head of live entertainment after my set about my audition and booking the job. And he said, yeah, you were one of 1,500 people that auditioned for this role, and you were really the only clear choice. So congratulations. And that was the head of live entertainment for Disney, not just Disney Cruise Lines, for Disney, period. And that's still one of like the pivotal moments in my career. And talking to Thomas Maslum, the president of Signature Experiences was amazing. Because of course, he was in all of our training videos and saying welcome to Disney Cruise Line and all that stuff and then this is jumping way forward a little side story but I ran into Thomas at the last D23 Expo in um, 2022 at the Disney Cruise panel and kind of reintroduced myself and he said oh yeah I, I remember you you were the piano player for the reopening of the fantasy in uh, in Ulala I said, yes, that was me. And then, of course, I was there with my brother because we always go to D23 together. And now I'm feeling all top of the world as I'm working for Disney. So I said, hey, Joel, yeah, this is Thomas Maslum. He's the president of Signature Experiences for Disney. And in my mind, I'm just like, where is my life? Like, who am I now? This is so surreal. This is so cool. And so that was one of my very first times performing on the ship was for all these Disney executives who had all come to my set at the same time. And it was totally surreal. Well, clearly you made a very strong impression, Matt, to, to be the top choice among 1,500 applicants and, and really a key role in terms of bringing the ship back to life musically after a, a period of being dormant. So what a, what a cool uh, opportunity and responsibility. So so can you maybe share what a typical day for you has been like? Um, and I recognize that there are differences depending on how your career has evolved with DCL, but you know, being on the ship, what what is a common day for you in terms of when you're out in the public versus when you're um, not on stage, so to speak? Yeah, of course. So um, so the wish is my fourth ship that I've been on. This is my third contract. And all of the ships kind of have something different from the day to day. So the only ship that I'm missing now is the magic. Um, but when I started on the fantasy, um, my day to day was kind of wake up at no real set specific time unless I had something to do. Typically, my days don't really start until about 5pm. 
which is very rare for any department on the ship. I mean, the restaurant staff, they're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the entertainment host they're hosting crafts from as early as nine in the morning and so in my department i'm very lucky where i don't really start until about five o'clock in the evening and i also have some wonderful privileges like i can eat in a lot of the guest spaces of course that has also evolved over covid times we were not allowed to do that way back when but um but now i'd say my typical day i'm usually up around 9 a.m. I always chat with my fiance first thing in the morning. She's on the other side of the country, so she's three hours behind. So when she wakes up for work, we always chat for one hour first thing in the morning, and that's always a great way to start the day. And then after that, depending on if we're in port, when we have good internet, usually I'll catch up on my TV shows for the week, and then I'll go have a little bit of lunch and then in the afternoon um usually that's the kind of sending emails or um catching up with family from home or trying to look for new projects for when i am back home between contracts and then at night yeah depending on the ship and the circumstances usually i'll start at around 5 five thirty with my first set but on the wonder um when i was in tiana's place that was a very kind of unique set of circumstances when we played the first interceding and the second interceding and then i also had a set between dinner seatings and i had a set after dinner seatings and so that was a very unique circumstance but also since then i've created in my off time some Disney Tunes trivias for the ships. And that started pretty early on on the fantasy when I brought this idea to the cruise director of doing of doing some Disney music trivias with me playing the songs live, because a lot of the music trivias are played off of a laptop. I said, how cool would it be if I played the songs live? And even going back to Walt's days Walt had the idea that ideas can come from anywhere and anybody so I kind of said well why can't they come from me and so the cruise director said okay well give it a shot write one of them we'll see how it goes and so I wrote one and the first time I got to do a tunes trivia was on the wonder in the French Quarter Lounge and it was standing room only you could not get a seat there were people standing up in the hallways and people sitting several to a table far more than was at capacity at that time and so getting back to your question of what a typical day is i now have five of those tunes trivias that exist and so some days especially on sea days i'll have also two tunes trivias on top of my four sets so i'll have one tunes trivia maybe at noon one maybe at 3 30 3 45 so really, depending on the day, if it's a sea day, usually I'll start around noon because the guests are on board. It's busy, more activities. And then my solo sets or my group sets on the wish with the wishers or Victorphonics or Pirate Parlay, those started around 530 or six usually. Sounds like there's never a dull moment. And <laughs> that's uh, quite a 
just quite a significant amount of different um tasks that that are on on your plate as far as just the number of sets and and mixing it up with the the tune trivias which i i find to be really appealing i've always enjoyed trivias on the ship in the past i haven't sailed with dcl for about five years now but those were always the the events that i would attend most frequently and i'm wondering matt how do you develop your disney tune trivias because you're catering to a wide variety of ages on board, but also folks with varying levels of Disney music expertise. Well, that's that's just the trick right there. Um, so as I mentioned, the last gig that my happiest big band on earth had was in February of 2020. And that that just happened to be a big band trivia night, a big band and Disney tunes trivia night i don't even think it was a disney music trivia then it was just disney trivia but i had this idea of having the band perform and in between sets would be some trivia so it was just a whole fun night of entertainment out and this trivia was so hard um i mean you you know you've got you know you've got a hard trivia on your hands or after every question people are going what even is that i've never heard of that in my life but just as a super disney nerd it's kind of figuring out that balance of like i know i know these things but the general the general disney goer are definitely still big fans but how much do they also dive deep into this knowledge and it's like what you said there's some families where the mom and the dad are like i'm just going on this cruise because because i have children and children like disney so that must be the cruise for us and so it's finding that balance of just the the passive disney goer who couldn't care less what cruise they're on and the people that are there to win the medallions to get their knowledge out there and so i'll always start off building a tunes trivia with the list of songs and what i like to have in my trivias are songs from kind of all walks of disney so all those songs from disney movies all those songs from disney parks disney on broadway disney tv and people seem to have been really enjoying that variety especially I found there's a big crossover working on the ships between Broadway people and Disney people, which is very interesting. And so when Disney on Broadway songs come up, you can visibly see the people in the room that are Broadway people and just jump out out of their seats and say, I know that obscured song from Little Mermaid on Broadway. Of course I do. Um, and so I'll always start off building that list of songs and making sure I have at least one from Parks, Broadway, and TV, but most of them are going to be from Disney movies. And I try to strike a good balance of like the super famous songs from the 90s and some other famous Oscar win Oscar winning songs. And then I'll make sure I have a Parks song in there, either from Disney World or Disneyland. I haven't gotten songs from any overseas parks yet. 
but in my brain I am thinking of maybe in the future doing a Disney Parks Tunes trivia for the real Parks geeks out there. I think that would be a fun time. But yeah, you... go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'll build that list of songs, and then I'll start working on the bonus question. And then the bonus questions just come straight from my brain. I don't know where they come from, but usually I'll double check those facts by just watching a movie. And that's usually what I'll do on my on my off time in those mornings or those afternoons is, oh, well, I have to double check the fact in this one scene. So, I mean, I might as well watch the whole movie. I mean, why not? And so I'll double check the facts. And then I'll always send the trivias back to my brother, Joel, because he is my D23 guy. He is just as big, if not more, of a Disney geek nerd as I am. And so he always says, yeah, like, I think I might do pretty well on this trivia, but I think a lot of people might, like, really struggle with maybe, like, question two, question six, question seven. I say, okay. And then I bring it back, edit it a little bit. And then I'll send the trivia to the show director, who I've only just recently been in touch with, um, just being on the wish because the shows are so much more integrated on board here. I've started developing a relationship with the show director. And so now I send my trivias to him, he approves them, and then he types them up and makes them look all official. And he says, great, give these a go. And then I'll debut them for guests. And if they're a success, then I'll keep going with them. But I've definitely had to make some edits for some things that I might have thought were a little, a little tricky, but ended up just being completely impossible. Um, so that's kind of the process of a Disney Tunes trivia. And just a couple of cruises ago, we finally premiered a new Pixar Tunes trivia, which is already getting the attention of other ships. And other ships are saying, when can we? have the Pixar tunes trivia like that sounds like such a great offering and so fairly soon all of my trivias are going to be going fleet wide which is also incredibly exciting to me and I'll type up all the sheet music so the other piano players can learn these somewhat obscure songs and it's just it's every day is just very surreal that I get to do what I get to do yeah it completely sounds like that Matt, that's that's just so cool. I I wonder with the Pixar tunes trivia, the Pixar music catalog isn't nearly as expansive as Disney. So, are how 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 deep are those cuts? Because I mean, I think about there's only a couple dozen films, really. Uh, what what does that look like? Um. So yeah, that is very true, and that was definitely the um the challenge of writing a Pixar tunes trivia. But as I was writing all of these Disney tunes trivia, Pixar songs kept coming up. And I kind of said to myself, well, people will definitely challenge that. They'll say, well, this isn't really a Disney song because the fans are fans. They, they know what it is and they know their expectations. And so if you have a Pixar song on a Disney tunes trivia, they will tell you about that. And so I kind of allocated all those songs that I wanted to put onto a Disney Tunes trivia until I had around 15 of them. And all of my trivias have 20 songs and you always have to name the song and answer a bonus question. So they're all out of 40 points. So I had about 15 songs around that time. 
And then I started kind of digging in a little bit more to see what other Pixar music I could get in that people would still recognize that might not be a song. So not to really give much away on these trivias in case anybody listening decides to do these trivias. There are there is the main theme from up on the trivia, but of course you can't just say, oh, that song is up. You need to know the title of that song to get the full point. And there's other pieces of score from other Pixar movies where you need the specific title, but there's not many. I'm just looking at the trivia now and there's really only two pieces of score. The rest I could fill out with songs from Pixar movies. Well, well, I think that definitely shows how uh, expansive now that Pixar has become over time, uh, but also that there are probably some more unfamiliar pieces of music. I always find with music trivias to Matt that it's not always how recognizable is the piece of music um, in terms of what is the song or what is it from, but rather where in the song or piece of music it is, right? It's if like you know, Let It Go, for instance, there are obviously instrumental pieces that anybody can recognize, but then if it's maybe a specific sequence that, um, you know, has perhaps a, a different melody, then it is going to be a bit rarer. How do you account for that when you determine the difficulty level of, of your trivias? Oh my God, such a good question. That keeps me up at night is determining what section of the song to play for the trivia. Because like, it's all right from soul only plays in the credits of that movie and so um the part that kind of people remember is that it's all right but so so obviously i get that little bit in there but like if i started in the bridge for it's all right and expected people to get that song there would be there would be riots nobody would get nobody would know that it's all right just from the bridge um so definitely choosing the section of the song to play is the tricky part. We've only done the Pixar tunes trivia twice now. And just from playing through it the first time, because you never really know until you do the trivia if it's a success or not. And playing through it the first time, I could definitely tell that there were songs where people went, huh? Like on their faces, you can see it. And often audibly as well, people will go, what? And that's, I mean, that's a highlight of my day, honestly. Maybe it's a little bit cruel, but I love seeing the confused, frustrated faces of trivia goers. Um, so definitely for the second time around, we, or I, because there, there is a host, I just played the songs, the entertainment hosts, which are all amazing and have supported these trivias and really, bring them up to the success that they are. Um, so I have changed around some of the snippets that I play over time for all of these tunes trivias to give people more of a chance, definitely for the trickier ones. But then for some of, like you said, for some of the really well-known ones like Let It Go, maybe I'll play something slightly different than that just iconically recognizable intro. Maybe I'll play like, maybe like my power flurries, like that section. But usually it's no more than eight bars, if that, maybe five to 10 seconds of music. But definitely choosing the part of the song 
keeps me up at night and I've pretty much locked it down for all the trivias now but absolutely once in a while I'll still I'll still change it up well and I love that you throw in some parks music some Broadway music right so that it doesn't feel like it's all the top 10 Disney s- standards uh, just to keep it fresh for folks how how do guests respond to you like engage with you uh before during after your performances because I, I would have to say there through my many experiences with Disney Cruise Line you you build a relationship with the with the crew with the the cast members and particularly if you're continuing to go to the same uh, performances um I, I think it's a it's a very special bond that can unfold over those several days um yeah sorry now is this between the the crew members that host the trivias or the or the guests that come to the sets and the trivias? Yeah, good question. So my my question was about the relationship between the guests and you, but uh, but sir, certainly I guess that could extend to how how you bond with other crew members, other cast members as well. Um, so definitely like what makes this job for me are the guests the guests are i mean they're everything i i've met guests on the fantasy that have that have come back and seen me on the dream and they say oh i saw you played this set on the fantasy and we requested this song and you were able to learn that song for us and there are people like i see i see 4,000 people twice a week on the wish. So of course, like it, it's very hard to kind of, even from week to week to remember who guests are, but there are always some very special, exceptional guests that come back from time to time to time. Like um, a couple months ago, um, there was a couple that got engaged on the fantasy during my Disney love songs set. And they were the only people in Ulala for that set. It was like the six o'clock time, everybody's either at dinner or the show and they got engaged during my love song set and it was just them. And they phoned Disney Cruise Lines because for their wedding, they wanted Matt the piano player to be playing for their wedding, which is incredibly special. And so I got to play their wedding just a couple months ago on The Wish, and they got married on Castaway Key. And I remembered I was playing Beauty and the Beast for when they got engaged. And so the first dance song that they chose was Beauty and the Beast. And it's just, and that is like one of dozens and dozens of very similar examples like that for special guests. Like just this last cruise, um, there was a girl and her mom on board and and the dad and the grandma. But when I met them, um, the first time I was cruising, she requested Lost in the Woods from Frozen 2. And that song wasn't quite in my memory yet. And so so I said, well, um, come, come back and see me later in the cruise and I'll see what I can do. And so I, I transcribed lost in the woods over those couple days of the cruise and then I at the end of the cruise I gave her the sheet music for lost in the woods and performed it and she was on board this last cruise and she said I have the 
sheet music for Lost in the Woods that you gave me hanging up on my wall. And it's, it's by my piano where I practice every day. And they said, we saw on Instagram that you were cruising on the wish. So we hope that you would still be here and we are and just seeing you again has made our cruise. And it's just all, all things like that. Like I do not take for granted one bit. It's so, so special. The guests remember me. And on the once in a while chance where I do remember the guests, like I was very proud of myself. I even remembered that guest's name. I was so proud of myself because names are tricky for me. Faces, I can definitely say, why do I recognize you? Where have I seen you before? And the guests know, they'll be able to tell me, I saw you on the dream in the pink lounge. And I was there for this set on this week of the cruise. And you played this song for me. And it's always just amazing to be a little part of those people's vacations, and those people's lives and their memories. And it's, I mean, it's what I grew up going to Disney for was for those amazing cast experiences. So now to be able to kind of give that back in a way is incredibly special. And to have that sort of relationship with the crew as well. Like you go from ship to ship to ship and you meet all these different crew members. But once in a while, those crew also kind of switch to the same ship that you're on. So like I've had the same hosts for Disney Tunes trivia for almost two years now, which is super cool. And like as a musician, when you're playing your solo sets or even in group sets, you don't often interact with other departments a lot at all. So part of what I love about these Disney Tunes trivias is I get to meet all of the entertainment staff and get to know them and just build some more friendships there and then seeing them on other ships. And it's all just part of a big circle. We, we really all are a family on DCL. And just the more people you get to know, the more of a fun and memorable memorable time you're going to have crew and guests yeah that sounds very fulfilling matt I, i'm wondering what are your favorite venues where you have performed i know you've been across uh, many of the ships now but are there any that really stand out to you Ooh, good question i mean Ulala will always be my home Ulala on the fantasy because that's where i met all those disney executives that's where i started with dcl that's where i got to reopen the fantasy um that's where we got to have sort of crew sing-along nights when when we reopened the fantasy it was four nights with guests and three nights for what they were calling a ship reset at that time for cleaning and resetting the protocols and so we had three days when it was just crew and so we kind of all me and the main stage cast would often gather in Ulala and do little Broadway sing-alongs. They would just bring their audition books and I would sight read and we'd sing. So Ulala is always a very special venue. And I'm excited that I'll be getting to go back there next January to May for the Eastern and Western Caribbean. But also on the wish, um, I've always grown up just loving pirates, pirate lore, because um, I was right in that time when the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out that it just sparked something in me. And I have pirate flags in my room at home and I have little um, figurines of pirates all over. So getting to be Rusty Bones 
on the Disney Wish performing in the Pirates Rock and Parlay show on deck 11. And then as a Disney fan playing along with Disney fireworks live. I mean, like, come on, like performing on deck 11 as a pirate along with Disney fireworks will also always be very, very special. And we got to perform on that stage for New Year's Eve this year as well with all of the musicians on board, the Wishers Quartet and the musicians at Arendelle. And I was lucky enough that I got to sort of help spearhead that project as the music captain on the Disney Wish. And so definitely the, yeah, probably the two that I love. Oh, okay, I'll add another one. Third, I love Tiana's place on The Wonder. I would go back there anytime they asked me. I got to play there for about three months around Christmas of 2021. And just the musicians there and the wait staff and the little Bayou party we got to have twice a day was so much fun. So if I had a top three, it'd be Ulala as number one, probably Tiana's place and the deck stage on the wish. Sounds like you have some unique lines on your resume. They are mad in terms of being able to play as a pirate <laughs> on the deck of a ship during fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you maybe share a little bit about what it's like to live on the ship? Because it's one thing for so many of us to just take a sailing for three, four, seven nights, but it's another to live on there for many months on end. What, how do you, I, I know you referenced earlier in terms of how you navigate your day, but just from the like the living quarter standpoint and, and just the notion of being at sea, how, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's, uh, if there was one downside of living and performing on Disney Cruise Lines, it's the, it's the fact that you are living at sea and on the ship. And as you and I are kind of experiencing right now, the internet on board is kind of one of the greatest, the greatest barriers against sex. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess we're all, we, we are so tied to the internet in this day and age and um, kind of living on board is, I, I mean, it can be lonely in a sense. Um, but again, going back to having relationships with cast members, relationship with guests, I mean, getting out of your room and talking to people as as simple and basic as that sounds can be very hard on some days for some days all you want to do is just hunker in your room and just throw on a movie um so definitely it can be a lonely time but luckily you're still on a ship where all of these amazing things are happening all the time so i can if i want to i can go to an animation class and kind of learn to draw Ursula or something, or I can go to another trivia and just sort of brush up on maybe some new trivia, brush up on some things I know. Um, you definitely do miss home in so many ways. I mean, at home, my morning routine is I cook myself breakfast every day, and I have not cooked my own food in nearly seven months now. And that's very hard for me. Um, so I, lo I love my cooking and the food on board. I mean, we do get 
we do get our guest privileges and to have that delicious food up there, but also it's the same food for seven months. And the variety is there, but when you've had all of it all the time, it, uh, it makes it, it definitely makes you miss home and having all that variety and also not having your family around, your friends around, but on port days, when you have like kind of the unlimited internet, you're able to connect the port. That's when you get to, when most of the crew catches up on their video calls and their phone calls and they see their family. So I guess living on ship, you, you, you make it work with the tools that you have. Um, but I always try to have something on the go to occupy my mind. Like, like over um, my first couple months here, I was taking that orchestration and arranging class with Stephen Fifekey, the now Grammy-winning composer and orchestrator. And that kept me very busy working on assignments and projects. And so that that keeps my time going along pretty well. And I always try to have books on the go. So I've read a lot of books, probably more books than I have ever in my life since I've been working with Disney Cruise Lines. And for those days that you do just want to hunker down in your room and and just read a nice book or throw on some music, or you also have the option to take your book up to deck 11 and be around people or in the sun or maybe on just deck four and kind of just watch guests go by and listen to some nice orchestral Disney songs in the atrium. So ship life is, I mean, in the end, it's my dream job and I love doing it. But the reality of it is that you are away from everything of every normal thing in your life, friends and family and cooking and you don't really have the opportunity to travel anywhere except for like again all the amazing locations that we do get to go but like the food they're the same locations week after week after week so in short i do love my job very much it's my dream job but it can definitely get repetitive and finding ways to sort of break that repetitiveness is what keeps this all going for me that makes complete sense. And I guess in that spirit is one of my last questions, which is what what are you hoping to uh, accomplish over uh, the rest of your contract? I know you said you, uh, you have another contract um, already scheduled, but you, you talked about how you're trying to bring those tune trivias fleet-wide. What are some of the different ideas and activities that are getting you excited as you progress with your time with Disney Cruise Line? Uh, well, good question. Well, I mean, a couple of people that I've talked to, like the show director and one of our music producers um, is kind of, I really want to get my foot in the door for orchestrating and arranging and like creating more content for Disney Cruise Lines. Because now this, um, these Disney Tunes trivias have gotten me really excited about creation and bringing things, bringing offerings to the ships. And so my hope for the future and just talking with some of these directors and producers, they've all said like Disney Cruise Lines is exploding right now. I mean, the treasure is coming out in a little while. The gigantic new ship that they purchased will be coming out eventually. And then they have another ship planned after that one. And now they've announced that Singapore is going to be a destination that they're going to. 
And so, um, so I'm sort of keeping all of that on the horizon of, I definitely want to do some European cruises with Disney Cruise Line at some point. I will, if the opportunity comes up, I would not say no to go to Singapore, that's for sure. But definitely I'm trying to get my foot in the door for kind of content creation and orchestration. Like one of the shows on board here is the Disney Victrophonics um, that I get to play in. And when I sort of first played the show, I was like, this is the happiest big band on earth. It's just a small version of it. And there's a tap dancer and there's a singer, but I'm like, I, I can make this like, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse. So when the uh, music producer was on board, I think around January of this year, I sort of created a, a mock fake version of the Victor Phonics show that could be on the treasure because that was just one of the projects I that was keeping my mind busy at the time. I'm like, why not? Why not write kind of a fake unofficial next version of the show? And so I brought it to him and he said, he, he was just like, get out of my brain, Matt Grinky. And he showed me his list of, well, he, he didn't have a physical list, but he told me like five of the seven of the songs that I chose are also on his list. And so I'm like, okay, so my brain is definitely in the right place. And the offer is out there that I can do this stuff. I've shown that I can do it. So definitely in my mind for future Disney cruises is to get into creation content, but also I just love being guest facing and getting to perform for the guests. So I really don't want to lose the performance aspect of piano, but if somehow I could do both like work from home or work from my cabin, creating arrangements while also playing on the ships is would be very exciting to me but also because you mentioned just for the rest of this contract um there are so many things happening right now two of my best friends are getting married this summer my own wedding is in july of this year and so there is so much planning for other things that disney cruise line is almost it's very much like on the back burner of my mind right now just because this summer is going to be so insane and every day and every hour and every minute is going to count this summer before I head off to the wonder in August. And so it's also balancing the, I'm gonna be married very soon. Of course I want, want to live in Vancouver, live with my wife, live with my family. And it's like, how do I balance wanting to go to Europe, go to Singapore while also balancing this home life? But also one of my amazing privileges is that because as a musician, I get my own cabin. I have the ability to do what's called onboarding. So I can just sign somebody on into my room. So my fiance, Tiffany, has been on the ship twice now, this contract, and we make it work that way where she can come and see me for really just the cost of a flight. And that is, I'm very grateful to have that privileges, that privilege. Yeah, you know, it sounds like there's definitely compromises to be sure, but there's also a lot of uh, ingenuity and uh, a lot that's probably getting you very motivated to. And remind me, Matt, your your current role is as music captain. Is that correct? 
Yes, so right now, um, apart from also performing as a soloist and my Disney Tunes trivias and performing with the Wishers Quartet and Pirate Parlay and Victor Phonics, I'm also, um, I was given the brand new role in our rehearsals in Toronto in September of the music captain, which is kind of a new role they've created um, for these new class of ships for, I think what they're calling the wish class of ships, um, because music is so integrated into um, the guest experience now, instead of just sort of being like one-off solo shows, we are now sort of integrated with the main stage cast and the dancers who all dance in Pirates Parlay and sing in Victor Phonics and the tap dancer. And so my role is just to really maintain that Disney quality of music across the ship that guests have come to expect and to sort of add new sets to the Wishers Quartet when we feel like maybe we're getting bored of some of our sets or some of our tunes just aren't working. I'm sort of in charge of in charge of making new charts and getting rehearsals together and just making sure that quality is still there across the ship. And that includes the Arendelle restaurant as well. We had a new violin player come on board in January. So I had to get them all rehearsed up and get them integrated into that show. And it's it's very cool to kind of with Disney discover what this new role is to eventually bring it to the other future wish class ships. It's a very, very unique opportunity. I'm loving it. You're continuing to show your versatility in, in terms of what you can do. And I'm glad you're having the the space to be able to showcase that. Oh, sorry, what was that? I said, I'm glad you have the opportunity to showcase such versatility with what you can do and that there's a lot of you know room for experimentation in terms of what this music captain position can entail. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And kind of bringing it back to the arranging and orchestrating potentially in the future. Um, like towards the start of this contract, I wrote out 72 lead sheet arrangements for the wishers in four days. And I, in one on one hand, that was kind of to a just for the ne the necessity of we have to do these shows like now so as fast as i can get the sheet music out the better but it was also again just to say hey i can do this keep me in mind for future things please and thank you um so to have this opportunity is absolutely huge and i do hope it maybe turns into something not necessarily bigger and better but something that I am also passionate about working on and helping with and giving to the Disney Cruise Line experience. That, that's awesome, Matt. I'm definitely hopeful that you can continue to to expand your role and possibilities with, with Disney Cruise Line. As we wrap up, uh, how can listeners follow your work and learn more about your music? Uh, well, I'm posting quite a bit on Instagram these days, just at Matt Grinke first and last name um but also my plan for this year um and plans are in the works is i'm going to be recording finally 
a album of Disney music based on one of my sets called Songs in Walt's Time. And that is Songs in Walt Disney's Time, because some guests have asked, are all of these songs like a waltz? Are they all in three, four time? No, they are songs in Walt Disney's Time, all songs that Walt would have personally approved for his movies or his parks or any of his other offerings. Um, so I'll be posting a lot about that in the next couple months about my album. And then I'll finally have some Disney music out there for people to listen to. That's awesome. A lot, a lot to look forward to, Matt. It's uh, been a pleasure to talk with you again and much continued success your way. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Maybe it, the next time we talk in four years, I'll be, I'll be doing other things. Who knows? Yeah, by then you might be uh, heading, I don't know, Disney theatrical or something. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, would, I would not say no to that, but I will, we'll see what the future brings. And many thanks go out to Matt Grinke for joining me on Notably Disney. If you find yourself sailing on Disney Cruise Line in the near future and come across Matt, uh, be sure to say that you heard his conversation with me on Notably Disney, and more importantly, enjoy his music. It's uh, quite versatile, as you could tell in terms of what he's able to draw from in terms of the Disney library, but also you gathered that he is um, quite talented uh, across a variety of fronts, and he's able to bring that gift to Disney Cruise Line. So that's just a, a really wonderful opportunity. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at Reports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N Reports. And be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to NotablyDisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. Notably Disney is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Consequently, the perspectives and opinions expressed by the host and guests are strictly theirs and do not represent the views of the Walt Disney Company and its employees. The main purpose of the Notably Disney podcast is to offer information and critiques about the Walt Disney Company.